I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan. I am almost forgetting how to do the intro in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch from scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. I'm a troll. (laughs) (laughs) She she really is, y'all. You have no idea. This was apparently well-established early on. And the relationship and the young love of Caitlin McKinnon and senior correspondent yeah. quickly established. Caitlin McKinnon is a troll. I'm, but I'm a real life troll. So bo- I, both, <laughs> I both troll my husband um, to various degrees <laughs> throughout the week. And then I also demand snacks. So <laughs> okay, Occasionally blocks the thoroughfare on bridges in exchange for snacks. <laughs> or the staircase. Under said bridge. <laughs> And devours noisily. Yes. Friends, this is episode 305 of the Geek Down Podcast. Welcome back. Hope you had a safe and happy holiday. If you would like to get caught up on any of our other 304 episodes, you can do that wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a little rate, review, follow, subscribe. Maybe, maybe. We're, pre- we're kind of anti-resolution around here. It's been established, but maybe you made a little note to yourself that said, you know what, in the new year... I'm going to give a rating to the Geek Down Podcast. And to that, we say thank you. We do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Henceforth, when you do that, maybe another one of your goals this year is to be more efficient. You know what's going to make your life more efficient? Not keeping up on your podcast. If only there was a way, an elven way, to maintain your podcast subscriptions. Well, girl, we got it for you. Because we're going to bring them directly to your device from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip by your mans. Chauncey Fostelicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. No resolutions for Chauncey. No, he's just, he's been killing it for, you know, the last couple thousand years. For millennia. Yeah. Killing it for millennia. I mean, the first, the first couple thousand was rough, you know. <laughs> Who among us, Kate? He was, he was a young elf then. Chauncey's just doing his best like, like all of us. If, if any of us had 2,000 years to get our shit together, guaranteed, guaranteed we would. Oh, yeah. By like year 1989. <laughs> We'd finally have it figured out. Finally have it figured out. Friends, do you have any tips on how best to spend your first millennia on Earth? You'll probably get trolled by Caitlin when you suggest them, but you can hop on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. (laughs) Eerily quiet over there. Still developing how what's gonna happen on the old on the old bird site, but Yeah. But for now, that's where we be. If you would like to support this endeavor financially. Got a little Christmas money left over. You want to uh, donate to the cause? We would happily take it. Three bucks in the old tip jar. KO-FI.com slash GeekDownPod. Can help us finance various things about the show. Maybe, maybe one of us will make the trek again sometime soon. Yeah. I'd like that to happen. And then I'll bring snacks because I've, you know, hoarded all these snacks now. And Yo, I, can- I got to go back. I got to go back to that bodega on Ossington that had all the, the, the international snacks. The sneaker shop slash snack shop. <laughs> Over on Ossington? You know what? It works. It does work. It's a Venn diagram of what people are interested in. (laughs) Absolutely is. And I forgot. I was going to buy stocking stuffers there and I absolutely blanked out because 
my life the last two weeks before Christmas was a nightmare. But it's over now, and now I'm just in the inventory. Nightmare. <laughs> it's basically a nightmare all the time. Maybe, maybe by February. Maybe by February. Friends, welcome back. Hope you had a safe and happy holiday. I already said that, but it's worth reiterating. Kate. Yes. How'd you spend your holidays? Anything fun? Anything fun you'd like to share with the people? Um, it was really low key. There was some, some COVID happening, so some things didn't happen. Oh no. Still? We're still doing this? Yes, we're still doing this. Um, it's, we're still in a pandemic, folks. Um, and there was some, yeah, it was just, it was really low key. A lot of stuff has actually been like, I, I talk about it every year. I've talked about it before the break, but your senior correspondent and I do our Christmas on January 6th, which some of you may know is actually, it's the 12th day of Christmas. It's the feast of the epiphany. It's also called Ukrainian or Russian Christmas. Um, and it's basically just... Because when we started dating, senior correspondent Chris warned me that he has a lot of family and they're real Catholic and they really like getting together for Christmas. So there were like, you know, seven family events that we had to go to. So to just sort of give us time to chill and get our own presents together for each other, um, we do it a little bit later, which works out really, really nicely, actually. Um, so that was nice. And then a couple of other things have sort of been pushed off to later in January. And as I, I always say, there's nothing going on in January. So what if you have a Christmas party in the middle of January? What else is going on? There's no holidays in January, right? Like, it's just, it, it's nice to sort of bring in the year with some festivities as well. I mean, I love to make fun of you for this, but you may have it figured out because as things start to get taken down and just the general sense starts to fade it's a real bummer y'all yeah well i mean as i often say toronto is gray this time of year but hamilton is taupe and how do you combat (laughs) everything being taupe the ground is taupe the trees are taupe the sky is taupe the clouds are taupe my my mood is taupe um you combat that by like having your christmas tree and still having presents to open and you know, candlelight and nice smelling candles. And, um, I just feel like when you just immediately pull everything down after the 25th or 26th, there's just like a starkness. Whereas this is much more like, you know, let's pull things down gradually and sort of slowly get ready for Valentine's, right? Like it just sort of brings you into the next thing nicely instead of having a whole month of just desolation. Um, <laughs> and, and it's also nice because, you know, usually you see all these people all at once right before or right around Christmas. It's very overwhelming for some of us who are a little, you know, how shall I put this? A little neurodivergent, you know, <laughs> so has a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of depression sprinkled in there. Um, it can be really difficult. And I like, I got to see one of my best friends yesterday. He came down from Toronto. We went to a game cafe. I played Ticket to Ride for the first time. The first time? The first time ever. How is that possible? Um, I think, I, I think I know what, what it is. So when I was a kid, this is really, I, I, I know I've talked about before that we weren't very wealthy. Um, we were, you know, lower middle class, but we were middle class. Um, and I wasn't like, it wasn't like I was bereft of toys and stuff, but my parents never played games with us. It was not a big thing until I got older and I was like late 
teenage, teenage years in my early twenties when I really got into board games. Um, so by then there were other board games and I think a lot of people played Ticket to Ride when they were younger. Um, but yeah, I think that's what it must be. Anyways, it was a lot of fun. I got to build a railway. I mean, why wouldn't I like it? It's, I was going to say, it's, it's a board game about trains. It's everything Caitlin McKinnon loves in life. Yeah, it was great. So yeah, we had a really nice time. Um, he picked up monster donuts on his way. <laughs> Um, arrived with delicious, delicious vegan donuts for me. Um, so yeah, what's not to like? So yeah, anyways, I think it should become more of a trend. Um, hopefully it will because, you know, these, these days when people still have COVID and, and, you know, people get overwhelmed and it's a lot, I think just to spread it out makes it a little more easier to handle. Too right. Well, how were my holidays, you're asking yourself, friends? And generally, they were good, but let's talk about how they started. I'm so ready for this. I've like, I've had my tea. I'm ready to just hit you just to dump. I don't know, friends. I believe it was a, um, it was a boss in Final Fantasy VI, and then appeared again as a summon in Final Fantasy VIII. And it was a, uh, it was a character called the Doom Train. Oh. Which was just a train with a, a spooky haunted train, a train that led to nowhere, just, just despair, train that led to despair. Uh, turns out that's the method of transportation I took to get home on December 23rd. Friends. Ah, uh, yes. The trip from Toronto to Windsor, Ontario on the Via Rail, which is our, it's like our Amtrak. I guess it's like a really the only like cross national train company in the country generally takes about four hours, which is three hours less than what it took me on December 23rd. Seven hours on the Viet, y'all. And that's not including the four I spent at the station because I was playing chicken with it all day, Kate. The, the storm, the snowpocalypse was coming on December 23rd. We knew it was coming. And I was working till one and I said, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to bring everything. I'm just going to pack everything and I'm just going to go to the station directly from work because I can take the subway all the way down and I keep it underground, which is what I did. And it was going swimmingly. I made it down there, got myself a little late lunch, plopped myself in one of the little, you know, adjacent lounges and just waited for the line to get set up for my train. And they called us to line up around four because the train was supposed to leave around 530. Okay, fine. And I stood there. And I stood there. And 5.30 came and went. I got an email from Via telling me it was time to line up for my train. And I said, "Uh uh-oh. And then eventually, somebody came around and started handing out tiny bottles of water. And I went, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. When they busted out the water and snacks, you are not going anywhere. Mm Mm-mm. Um disastrous um we left two hours late like i said it took seven hours on top of that and the homie the homie travis was actually on that train as well different car but we were both checking each other's instagram stories like oh you're on this nightmare too um and then i was like i'm gonna get stranded at the fucking station because the roads are gonna be so bad nobody can get me back to my parents house i knew i'd get to windsor how i would get from windsor to amosburg was another story but apparently the roads weren't that bad Papa Ferguson kept it together. 
stayed up long enough <laughs> to make it out there, left on time, so I wasn't stranded anywhere. Because, um, you know, the station closes at <laughs> closes at midnight. Um, I was like, cool, I'm going to be sleeping in the parking lot in the middle of this frigid, negative 18, whatever, feels like negative 30, uh, cold until dawn. That didn't happen. I did make it home all right. And then woke up and saw that another friend of mine, who uh, formerly from Windsor, who moved to Toronto, uh, was on the train scheduled after me. It took her 15 hours. <laughs> oh. She got in at dawn. <laughs> oh. No. Woof. I said, after that, I'm not going anywhere. And I didn't. <laughs> I had a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful chill time. I was only at home for like five days. Beautiful chill time. Uh, as, And then I came back and leading into New Year's, I spent like a week with executive producer Cute. That was delightful. That's nice. It was so lovely. And she got to experience the full breadth of uh, Jordan Makes a Decision. <laughs> oh, you mean Jordan doesn't make a decision. <laughs> because as uh, as prophesied, as predicted and prophesied on the show uh, a few weeks ago, it was not the X or Y or Z uh, Christmas. It was the X and Y and Z Christmas. And when I opened the card from my parents, which had a doodle of a bed and a TV in it, because it was like, adorable. you pick what you want. And it's basically a blank check. And I went, you're their only son. I know. They have no one else to spend their money on. No. And then there's also something really cute where I was over at Mr. Malash's house on Christmas Eve. And um, my dad came over (laughs) to give me a ride back. And he brought a wrapped banana to... uh, to my Mr. Malash's child from Santa. <laughs> yeah. Because he loves that prank where you like give lame gifts to kids on Christmas. <laughs> re- re- real cute. At the same time, it's like, tell me you wanted me to give you grandkids without telling me you wanted me to give you grandkids. Um, <laughs> I'm like, this is cute, but also. <sighs> um, but apparently uh, it went very well the next morning. <laughs> he was like, a banana. <laughs> Santa must know I like bananas. <laughs> kids are so dumb. I love it. Stupid kids. You're adorable. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, I, I did manage to get the TV taken care of. Ama- which is just amazing. Totally. Like, really? I believe... I be- <laughs> there, were, there were some threats made <laughs> regarding uh, a deadline on buying a TV Yeah. from Executive Producer Q, which is what an executive producer is supposed to do. Yeah, a hundred percent. Just supposed doing to. her doing her job. Executive producer in life, not just in show. Just improving things at all times and give, giving me the swift kick in the back of the head that I need to realize mm-hmm. you don't have room for a fifty-inch television. Dum dum today. <laughs> <laughs> Got it back down to a nice, tasteful uh, forty-three. Ooh, it's nice. glorious. I love yeah. it. My piracy game is on the next level now because I have airplay <laughs> on this, which means any website I find on another device can just go. To the Boop. television, so it's just like a beam of light. Yes, who's getting caught up on Akaba Maid War next week? Oh God! Um, also, yes. For for people who don't know, if this is your first time hearing about this, or you don't really know okay, what he's talking okay. about, we call this the classic Jordan Hemenha. This is the Hemha. Yes, we are we are deep where, in the Hemha. Where he it literally, I will get messages for. 
weeks about stuff and i'll think it's resolved he'll like give me some some like he'll sh- some link to some site and i'll be like yeah it looks good and then i think it'll be resolved and then like days later he's like well what about this one remember laptop configuration summer oh oh god <laughs> You actually, you were you you spared me pretty much from that. Oh yeah, or I just ignored it. I'm not sure which. A little of both, but Um, yeah. And now, now we're into like figuring out the bed, which is inarguably more consequential than the television. Um, and there there are spreadsheets involved. (laughs) There are there are notes. There are firmness ratings out of ten. And again, I'm always fascinated when I discover the um the the cottage industry of reviewing for anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know sleepopolis.com was a site. I didn't know mattress-reviews.com was a site. There are a lot of mattresses out there, y'all. There you go. All that is to say, th- this is generally... One last thing I want to rant about before... There was a couple interesting news points I wanted to hop on um, before we got to the copious updates that I'm sure we both have. Um, the bed, the TV, this has all been part of a general... Um, what would you call it? Uh, Jordan hit 45 and it's time to make uh, lifestyle improvements mm, in good. all aspects. So, I mean, bed, better sleep. Um, I have a gym membership again. Yes, you may all roll your eyes, but also give him a high five. High five, Jordan. Or punch in the face. Um <laughs> And this is just, I mean, this is not to get ripped or, you know, any, I have no expectations of that. I just maybe would like my knees to hurt a little less, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, enough. Maybe want some of these clothes I buy to fit a little less snug, that sort of thing. Um, and part of that as well was, you know, I need to gamify it. You know, I love to collect data, you know, as much as I love to shit on these like dudes who live on nuts and seeds and, you know, <laughs> track every metric of their lives. Um, there's one part that and one part FOMO because someone cute had one um, was getting a smartwatch. So I'm in the ecosystem again with the phone, the AirPods and the MacBook and all that. So like, fuck it. Apple watch, take the Christmas money, cash out the vacay pay, take care of the gym membership and the Apple watch. What I want to talk about today is less about the, um, Apple Watch experience, which is honestly 90% hype. I haven't seen a whole lot of real usefulness out of it. I'm sure I will once I actually start exercising, but um, the sleep data was fun. Yeah. I, I had a, it's not, it's not a smart watch, but I, I have a, um, basically like I just, it monitors like steps and stuff, yeah. pedometer, but it does a bunch of stuff and I, I don't wear it when I sleep anymore, but for the first little while I did and it was great. It gave me like really good data about how many times I was like tossing and turning and yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I wanted to check primarily. I mean, honestly, that's kind of, that was the marquee thing for me. One, I always have, you know, as a man of a certain size, I always have concerns about, you know, my heart. So if it's doing like pulse checks and things like that <laughs> of course a big hot saturday night last night checking uh checking giving myself ekg scans for, arrhythm- for arrhythmia <laughs> you know we're <laughs> old when <laughs> um and then i wore it to bed which was a weird sensation um i wore it to bed to do the sleep thing um and i get less deep sleep when i than, than i thought which apparently is is normal um but anyway mm. i buy it online 
because uh, there's like a brand partnership through major Canadian retailer where you get a little, very little um, off on Apple products. But I know this comes up a lot. A little bit of money goes a long way when you're buying snacks. <laughs> then I can go and buy the Apple Watch, which will is for health, and then hit Frank's Bodega on the way home and buy snacks, which is not for health. Um, so, it's for mental health. So what I want to talk about is how Apple is like... We know how they want to present themselves as, right? Like just the sleekest, the most innovative, yeah. the the like take care of everything. So I, I buy the thing. I say I'm going to pick it up in the store yeah. after work yesterday. You're like, okay, book a time when you're going to come pick it up. I was like, well, I work till five, so at five thirty, I'll be there. They're like, cool. Take this little QR code and add it to your digital wallet. Awesome. I live in the future. <laughs> take it to my digital wallet. Head down to the Apple Store, and I'm quickly reminded, especially on a weekend. The Apple retail experience is the fucking Hunger Games, Caitlin. It's just Interesting. people everywhere. And employees in blue shirts just zipping around. Never talking to you. Uh, I waited so long <laughs> and was so annoyed to just pick up a thing that I had already purchased. You had my money. Just hand it to me. No one, and I'm watching people come out and go into the back repeatedly. No one glances at the line of people, of which I am standing at the head of, by the sign that says order pickup, to wander by and say, have you been helped yet? And at the adjacent table where people were filling orders, they knew no one had asked me if I'd been helped yet, because the frequency of nervous glances that came my way... Um, <laughs> so what happened, Jordan? Um, I glowered and, and for, for those quite a while. Of you and one of them who fight- don't know mm. Jordan's glower is like of epic proportion. I, I, like I, 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 have, I have a strong glower. It's it's the glower game is the, probably the strongest <laughs> I've ever seen. And somebody at the adjacent table. I, I had heard, I had overheard things that say apologies to other customers because whatever system was down, blah, blah, blah. Um, and one of them kind of gestured at me and was like, I, I've told them to come to you next type of thing. I was like, uh-huh. Um, and then, like, it's just a watch. It's a stock fucking watch. There's no, like, okay, so it took a while to, like, get my MacBook together. Last summer, I get that because I made specifications to it. You know, I customized it right. a bit. Right. This is just a stock off the shelf. You have a hundred of them in the back. Just fucking grab one and hand it to me. And then when it finally comes out, they, they're doing like, they're trying to do like the bag. It's like, I don't need the bag. Just give me the bag. I don't need the bag. It's going right near. See the backpack? Boom. In the backpack. I don't need the bag. Forget the bag. Um, Cause I, it's the thing where you work in retail. So you're trying to be empathetic, but you also know you would not behave this way as an employee because you work in retail. Yeah, so I have this thing where, and I it, it, it always helped calm a situation. And this is some advice if you are a cashier and your line is massive. Look at the people in line. Don't ignore them. Or if someone's standing by this end of the desk to ask you a question, even though it's super annoying or whatever, or you're super busy, just smile at them and just say one second. So they get acknowledged. It helps calm like 
of situations, especially with that long line. Even if you just say, hi, everyone, sorry with the long line. We're going as fast as we can. People really appreciate just being acknowledged. If someone had come out to you and said, I'm so sorry about the wait. We're having some issues with our system or there's something going on. You would have felt a lot better, right? I would have been less mad at them. The other thing you need to understand is just the the drone of ambient noise in an Apple store. Yeah. Is just because it's packed in there. And some people are there for legitimate reasons because they, you know, have need a repair done or they booked an appointment, you know, some senior booked an appointment to learn how to use their phone, you know, whatever. But it's just so loud in there all the time. Like all shouts to the employee. If you work at an Apple store, salute to y'all because on a busy Apple store on the weekend, I don't know how you do it. And like they got their little like things to sit on and the little leather medicine ball looking things for ambience and some dipshits are like kicking them like soccer balls like because it's because it's a mall on a saturday like but just step up your retail game experience it's a hot start you you trick me into believing that this is going to be smooth as silk and then it's like Hello, darkness, oh, my they old did the, friend. They did, the, they did the bait and switch. Absolutely. They were like, you thought this was going to be a better retail experience because we're Apple and we're sleek and amazing. We all wear turtlenecks. Oh, no, no. <laughs> this is just Walmart 2.0, motherfucker. <laughs> it's just fucking... It's fucking upper echelon Walmart. Oh, my God. <sighs> but anyway, I have the watch now. I have my sleep down. <laughs> It yells at me. It's already yelling at me to stand every hour, which is kind of annoying. But thanks, I guess. And once once I go and uh, once I go and work seven to three tonight, we'll see how uh, we'll see what it has to say to me. <laughs> it's like you should be dead. <laughs> so the watch is going to be like, slow down, motherfucker. We thought we knew what was going on when you kept your phone in your pocket, but this is too much. Um, I'll be like, yes, I know. Anyway, Kate. Yeah. There are a couple of news items. I'm sure there were more, but uh, glancing today, two that were of uh, interest to me specifically, which means they are now of interest to the listener. Number one, we already know he's having a moment. Deservedly so. Your boy, Brandon Fraser. Yeah. Um, <laughs> recently described this moment as the most famous and undersalaried he'd been in his life. <laughs> And it was uh, in relation, relation to that comment that he said, of course he'd be amenable to appearing in a Mummy reboot. Mm-hmm. Did you see this story? Uh, I didn't see the story, but I, I saw something with a comment. Yes. He's just like, he's just like I don't know what any actor that would say no to a job. So, right. um, listen, hopefully I have, as a person of a certain size, I have opinions about the Oscar baitness of this film that he's in that I low-key don't even want to say the title of. Um, it's the whale. Yes. He's the whale. Um, cause he plays a, uh, very obese, uh, person in his relationship with his daughter. If you haven't seen the trailer, looks just like a devastating piece of filmic work from Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, Brennan Fraser is top of mind and best, best actor conversations right now. Um, for this role, we shall see whether he wins awards or not. It's just nice to see him thriving again. And yeah. I'm sure Caitlin would love to see him thriving in another mummy movie. Um, I would actually. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, I would, if I haven't seen, okay, there is a third mummy movie that I've never seen, but it doesn't have Rachel in Weiss in it. 2008. Apparently. 
Yeah. And I, and Rachel Weiss isn't in it and they like replace her with some other actress. Gross. And it's just, it's sometimes you can get away with it and sometimes you cannot. And in this case, and I usually really pick up on that. I actually have a story and updates about that. Um, and usually I like immediately, I'm like, no, no, this will not do. But occasionally, and it's understandable that she didn't want to do it. I, I There were no ill feelings for Rachel Weiss because she was like, no, I don't really want to do it. Um, but I just couldn't like, I was like, no, my brain can't. Um, and I would love one with all the actors. If you can get them back, that would be a lot of fun. Um, but I don't know that it's necessary, right? Like I would love more adventure films fun adventure films of that genre um they don't necessarily have to be the mummy i think the mummy is also a time and place thing we talk a lot about like you know movies that that meant a lot to us and we watch for uh, you know comf reasons and there aren't too many like reboots of that those types of movies that i really enjoy but i would love it for brendan fraser i think he he should you know I think he deserves all the success he gets and I hope he just becomes more successful and has a great career. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't necessarily, I'm not like, Oh yeah, that would be amazing. Um, but it might be fun. We'll see. Give the man his flowers. That's all we're saying. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw any of, uh, any version of that thing where content farming, is that what it's called? Where one website just recaps an article written by another website and that's basically what it's been for the last 10 years. Yeah. This is basically what web journalism has been. Um, yeah, but take it back to the OG. This was a a story by Tatiana Siegel in variety from January 4th about Dwayne Johnson's, uh, power play at DC and how it kind of bricked on him. Yeah. Um, did you see anything about this? Uh, yeah, I thought I, I saw something about it before the holiday. Um, yeah. So like apparently, Dwayne Johnson uh, thought Black Adam was just going to be the linchpin of the next phase of DCU and, like, went to Zaslav himself to try and pitch, like, a Cavill Superman. Cavill also, by the way, did not realize was uh, until recently being managed by Dwayne Johnson's ex-wife. Oh, also did not know that. Which I find. (laughs) You read details like this and you're like, y'all need to stop complaining about people calling y'all Nepo babies because, like... (laughs) Yeah, I know. Watching, watching celebrities be like, "Wow, now hold on, like, girl, you got in the room." That's like, I, it was yeah. my talent that got me through. Yeah, but you got in the room uh-huh, because you got uh-huh. in the. Why'd you get in the room? And then we know some people where it's not talent that got them through. Like even and the, on the, on the sidebar of this variety piece is like uh, something about Tom Hanks. You know, rejects nepotism backlash against his family. "Quote: My kids are in a family business." Really, Chet Hayes is a. Colin gets a pass. Colin, A+. plus. Daps for Colin. Chet Hayes? Yeah. <laughs> Why does anybody know who Chet Hayes is? Tom Hanks, calm down. Um, <sighs> but yeah, this idea that this is really what they thought it was going to be, and he was, uh, I guess, the, the most, sal- not salacious, but the tastiest parts of this story are, like, the kind of demands Johnson was making without, like, the success of the movie to back it up. Right. So, number one, it was... Uh, According to this piece, the fact that he pitched to Zaslav himself without going through proper channels kind of irked people. Um, some execs signed off on having Cavill uh, reprise the role of Superman for a cameo in Black Adam. 
quote, despite the fact that uh, the former film head had made the call in 2018 to find another actor for the red cape. Um, wow. Okay. Meanwhile, the Johnson Warner's relationship was already wearing thin after uh, Johnson pushed for a producer credit on DC League of Super Pets, but did little to promote it. And he also insisted on a tequila bar at the New York premiere of Black Adam featuring his Terramana brand, despite the film being PG-13. Huh. Quote, and another insider says, quote, his demands increased, but the returns just weren't there. And it's kind of that thing where, like, this movie had to cost so much more to make because you had Dwayne Johnson and all these other actors involved. And it gets called a flop. But Shazam yeah. is a hit because it costs, it costs less to make, you know? Um, so I'm I'm going to uh and and for the okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add some context to the Black Adam movie. Um senior pro- correspondent Chris and I, especially senior correspondent Chris, lo- loves Black Adam, has always loved Black Adam. Um, one, one of the just best designed superheroes. And it just loved the story and and he was just one of those those he, He's like an OG. He's, he's like an OG antihero. He's ostensibly uh, a villain, exactly. a villain in the Shazam universe, but he's also. But he he has this like this righteousness, and he has just, like a reason for doing things. He's just looking out for Kandak, yo. And and that's sort of an interesting viewpoint, and and depending on the writer, they like really leaned into that. And anyways, so he was actually excited about Dwayne Johnson because Dwayne Johnson also loved the character, mm. and a lot of the times when they love the character. Um, let's just take The Witcher, for example. You get someone who really cares about depicting them correctly and correcting things, and that can be annoying to writers, understandable, but they at least, you know, care about the material, right? Um, we literally could not get through the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie. It was that bad. Really? You tried to watch it? I didn't, did not know you tried to watch it. So bad. And we, like, we loved the Shazam movie. Senior correspondent Chris also love that character probably his favorite in the dc universe um so you know we love that original movie they did really fun things with it um so he's really excited and we had heard some things but we're like you know maybe it's people just you know tired of the superhero movie we understand maybe they don't really understand the black adam character no the movie was so bad and we have watched terrible movies the movie was so bad we couldn't get through the first 15 minutes 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah. So, it it was like, I we might attempt to watch it again sometime. Um, but right now, there's too much good content. And it's like way down on the list. So, yeah. Definitely not the... The, the cinematic venture to stake your ideas on and your worth to the company um maybe if it was some blockbuster hit you could like pull some some shit but i think yeah i think right now the rose color glasses are off and especially with someone new helming the entire i guess you could franchise i don't know what you would call it universe cinematic universe you've got you've got to be real careful yeah and it just uh it's it's interesting for it's interesting to think of you don't think of rocky really taking an l right like it's he's put even he seemed really like kind of bulletproof up to this point even when he put out like 
you know, Rampage or, or whatever, you know, yeah. like these movies, he was, you push back a lot when I talk about this notion of like, you know, there are no movie stars. And I think I see that. I heard that crystallized the best way where it's like 90% of the time now when everything is a Marvel movie or a franchise, it's the characters that get you to go see the movie, not the actor necessarily with very rare exception at this point. Hmm. Rocky was one of those ones who like, you went to see the movie because you like The Rock. Yeah. You know? And for him to take an L on something like this and to make such a big play that as he did is, you know, to find him now sort of a man without a country in this specific lane. He'll be fine. He could be president in eight years for all we know. But <laughs> um, for him to kind of get, like, sidestepped for James Gunn and Peter Safran as the, like, you know, driving force of the... uh the DC CU going forward. It was just kind of an interesting, uh, interesting to read how the, the gears were turning there, the mechanics of the, uh, of the industry on that. So yeah, he'll be fine. We're not concerned trolling the rock here for God's sake. No, 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 we're not. Um, so just, uh, just interesting things yeah. I found out there. I'm sure there are many more, but you know, we were off for like two weeks. So who has time to go through it all? Kate. Yeah. What did you watch? That was better than black Adam. Wait, Wait, I, I, I'm not ready for updates. You're not ready I got for a updates. piece of news. Oh my God, you have news. I, it's a tiny bit of news. You could have told me an hour ago. What's your news, Kate? Um, I told you I had a piece of news. Just because you roundly ignored me for huge <laughs> does not mean I didn't tell you. Um, so I, we may have talked about this. I may have brought it up. I may have known about this, but I basically have holes in my brain. So I don't know if it's from eating so much craft dinner and zoodles when I was a kid or what, but I did not remember this. Did you know they're making a Borderlands movie? Uh, I wondered that I saw this story myself today. Um, we must have, right? I think we must have, but I do not. I also do not remember that Eli Roth was directing it. Yeah, not anymore, but yeah, he was. No, he is. Is he still? Yeah, but they're doing he he approved um reshoots with it oh, with okay, another okay. director. He he approved the director, which is kind of a nice way to do it. Um, but he did the principal photography initially. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yes he did. Um which is if you don't know, he 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 does a lot of horror movies. He directs a lot of horror movies. Um which is weird. And then do you know about the cast? No. I know nothing about the movie aside from its existence. It's weird. It is it is Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hart, Jamie Lee Curtis, Ariana Greenblatt, Florian Montano, Edgar Ramirez, Haley Bennett, uh Olivier Richters, Jack Black, Bobby Lee. What is going on? Huh. This okay. is I mean Borderlands isn't Borderlands isn't the last of us. Like it is very <laughs> small in comparison. So to do a film is I think a strange thing anyway. Mm. But that cast is so peculiar. <laughs> so strange. I can't really wrap my mind around what this movie is going to be. It's either going to be like the Doom movie, like from the what from the 90s from the early 2000s and just be like terrible and have nothing full, to do full circle also starred the rock 
<laughs> yes, it did. Um, and just be terrible, like have nothing to do with what we love about the series or it's going to be good? Question <laughs> mark. And so my news is just more like confusion. It's not even a, a, a report on, on the news story. It's just confusion about this. Um, so if you have any insight, audience, please let me know. I'd be very curious to hear your take because I don't know that I have one. I just have question marks. It's just so strange. I mean, I know people are digging through graphic novels and video games find, for find the prop- next big find thing. Find a property wherever. Yeah. But it's just, I also know that a lot of studios are, are not willing to take as many risks. And this seems like a weird risk to take. Maybe it's because it started before there was sort of this like turn. Um, but it just, it just seems very strange. So yeah, I'd love to hear if anybody has any insight on this. Any big Borderlands fans? Um, yeah, let me know. Very curious about this. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Is, is that is that the conclusion That's of your it. news? That is the conclusion of my news. I don't want to make any assumptions, but... First time for everything. What? Uh, no. <laughs> Just be- I'm being a troll. Um, give me snacks. Um, as for what I watched... Besides trying to get through Black Adam, which was an um, impossibility. Um, a senior correspondent and I, I don't know if it's because of the holidays or just timing or whatnot, forgot about Willow. And oh, I'm right. so glad that we did because episode five and six were fantastic. Fantastic. Um, they were fantastic. Episode five in particular was great. Um, yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun felt i know we talk about things i think willow had a lot of work to do to sort of build up the world build up the characters um and so maybe took them a little bit longer but there were you know parts before this that were really good but this episode was really episode five was just really solid and same with episode six it's like everyone, the, the series had come into its own, and I really hope it gets a second season, because um, it's it's fantastic. Um, I watched The Gray Man, which Gray was Man. Star, starred, starred uh, Ryan Gosling, and um, just to prove your point, um, Captain America. Um, <laughs> Chris Evans. The Human this, Torch. This Chris was, Evans. This was the Russo Brothers thing? Uh Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it was terrible. Really? Um, yeah, it was terrible. I'd like to call it Dizzying Quick Cuts, the movie. Um, there was a helicopter scene, or no, I'm sorry, a plane scene that nearly made me vomit. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was all quick cuts. It was, the writing wasn't great. It, some of the banter was was really good, and and all the actors were fantastic. Um, but, uh yeah, it just, eh, it was okay. Um, like even the action scenes weren't, some of them were fun, but some of them were, weren't that great. Um, I watched the Matilda musical movie. Uh, and so for those so of you, executive producer watched know. that. She said it was very good. She enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I, I liked it. It was okay. Um, 
I, but it made me want to watch the nineties film, which I did like right after. So that's, that's happened with like Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, the live action ones. As soon as I saw them, I'm like, I want to watch the original and just the original is just so much better. I mean, it might've been something different to see it as a musical, like on theater or in the theater rather. Um, but as a movie, I thought I thought it was okay. It's probably a lot of fun for kids. And I'm about to hit you with like a bunch of kid stuff. So <laughs> yeah. So Matilda was the first one. I also watched The Sea Beast. Fun. Um, it was basically How to Train Your Dragons, but in the sea. Never gonna happen. You can. I was about to say you can never, never gonna, watch this never film. Never gonna happen. Ever. 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 The, even the beginning and like the first couple nope. minutes, nope. I was like, Jordan can never see this film. Um, I watched Slumberland, uh, which was actually a large part of it filmed at Mohawk College where I work. Really? Yeah. I knew that actually when they were filming because I'm part of the facilities team. So I, I knew all about it. Um, but it was really cool to actually see it in the film. Uh, Hamilton's like a big spot for filming because it has some really beautiful areas and beautiful buildings and it's really got some real rundown shit. So it, you can be like, this is like the worst part of, you know, Baltimore. Or you can be like, this is a fancy private school. It's, it's great. Um, it was very much for children, but it was still a lot of fun. Um, so great family film for, excuse a little bit younger, but absolutely like a classic, um, for kids a hundred percent. If I was like, if it was back in the nineties, I was a kid, I would adore this film. Um, and then I watched, it sounds very strange, weird parts of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh, okay. I couldn't, I didn't, senior correspondent Chris watched it and loved it. I watched a lot of the beginning and uh, um, the end. I didn't see the middle part. Um, it was just, I don't know. I wasn't my vibe. And I cried for all the beginning and like all the end. <laughs> so it's going to be a real ter- tearjerker. But it is beautiful. Mm. It is an absolutely gorgeous film. This is this is um, done like stop motion style or, or blending uh, of the two? Uh, I think it's a blending of the two, but definitely has that a, a large part of the stop motion style with it. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, some of parts of it were just phenomenally beautiful. Um, don't know. I mean, uh, probably for kids, just not very young kids. It's not like the Disney Pinocchio movie, which I'm guessing is probably for very young kids. This is for a little bit older, um, but a beautiful film. Um, it may haunt them like, um, the dark crystal haunted me when I was a child. Thanks mom. Definitely show that to me too young. So just, just be careful. Um, there are some scary bits and again, Jordan can never watch this film because there is a whale. Um, his name is monstro for fuck's sake. (laughs) Not like I'm the only one out there with this ambivalence toward whales. Like. No, there are tons of people. There's actually a specific, I can't remember what it's called, but a specific name for the fear you have, which is like open deep water. Yeah. Like it's, it's a thing and I'm, and it's fun to tease you, but I totally get it. (laughs) Um, then uh, movies I have never seen, which again, senior correspondent Chris just is astonished sometimes, but the mask of Zorro, I had never seen it. Oh. Watched that. Did not know that it was like. That is what Batman is all based you off. You didn't of. know that's what, that was the movie. I, that was the movie they went to see. I, I know that that's the movie they went to see, and I knew that there were some 
parts of it, you know, being a masked vigilante. Like I knew there were things that they had pulled. I did not know it was like, it was basically just full on (laughs) Batman. Like he has a cave where he trains, like (laughs) under his house. Like it just, so much of it. I was, and he has like a specific black horse that he, like it was just ridiculous. Um, anyways, but it was a, a film from the nineties, Antonio Banderas, um, Catherine Zeta-Jones literally taking my breath away with how stunning she is. That woman is just one of the most beautiful women in the entire world. Um, Anthony Hopkins. um, It was really fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, It was great. And then um, I continued with my journey of trying to find more mystery TV series to Mm. watch. Um, And then I I got some like basically a Christmas gift. So I tried to watch Recipes for Love and Murder. Um, it was pretty good. I might get into it, but there were it, it has a bit of – it's trying to find its feet. It's sort of a mix between more serious content and there's some silliness to it as well. Um, I think it's trying to find that balance in the first couple episodes. So we'll see what uh, episode three brings. And then – there is a series and it's set in Canada, in Quebec, and it's called Three Pines. And I tried to watch it, but it's really heavy handed with the like good cop who's going, he's going to solve the, the, there's a, a woman who's, a, who's indigenous, who's either missing or murdered who's been missing for months and months and the cops have done nothing and you know this like one white cop is gonna come in and you know find the corruption like I just it was just a little heavy-handed and there were some things and I don't know if it was written by someone in Canada or for someone from the states but there were some things that just didn't weren't right and I was like uh I don't know and it and not a very heavy subject matter, um, so not like a fun good time, um, which there are a time and place for both. So I may give it another shot. If you've seen it, audience, uh, listeners, please let me know if it's actually really good and I should keep watching um, or not. And then I got my Christmas gift, which is I was complaining about the fact that I had watched all of Wistable Pearl um, and that there weren't any more episodes stupid me there were more episodes um so i got that little gift and then i found out there was a second season of the queens of mystery which is basically they had a focus group and made me a series thank you strange focus group that just watches me um and except i didn't notice they literally replaced the main character and I didn't even notice. <laughs> what does that mean? Is, are the actresses just so good? Like I just, I cannot believe I didn't notice. It's something that's something I would pick on right, pick up right away. But now I want to go back and like see if I can. I, maybe it's because it's been a while since I watched the other episodes, but I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? I I had no idea until I was looking some another character up, and then saw there was two names with the actresses. I thought one of them was maybe the young version of the actress. No, no. Two different actresses. So yeah, I got a Christmas gift and surprise all wrapped in one. So yeah, that's basically, I mean, I watched a ton of other like, you know, Christmas movies I've seen a thousand times. Um, 
stuff on YouTube, documentaries. Like I watched a bunch of stuff, but basically that was the the main thing without going on forever. Because I know Jordan's going to have a bunch. And Jordan's got a few. I will try to go through these relatively rapid fire. Um, one thing I realized I forgot to mention in news, which is very important, Caitlin. It's a twofold story. It's also an update. Oh. It's a twofold story. Oh. It's also an update. Number one, I had heard this when I was back home because Mr. Malash uh, has his own version of the Homiesa. It's a kid named Dylan who actually <laughs> nice. owns or runs a uh, record shop in our hometown, which is bizarre enough on its own. <laughs> but come March, he will probably not be running a record shop <laughs> in oh. in our hometown because um, the town's getting bougified. And um, also, and this is a story that made like the papers is that uh, the labels, the music labels, specifically universal has let retailers know that the cost of vinyl is going up about 60% in February. Oh, so what? Someone find me a new hobby. Um, cause oh my God. if a single LP is going to cost $60, this is what a bubble bursting sounds like. Like you are literally yeah. getting blood from a stone at this point. Or I go directly I go Japan only for the next little while because Caitlin, yeah, it's finally fucking happening. Tetsuro Yamashita's catalog is getting reissued. <gasps> Tetsuro Yamashita is the god, G-A-W-D, of City Pop. He's like 70, still going. And the one record that I have never bought, because I was always like, I'll... I want to buy it in Japan. It's Spacey by Tatsuro Yamashita. Came out in 1977. Shouts to Mr. Malosh. Um, who believes, who believes, possibly rightly so, that it was the best year for music. There's a book oh. in there. I should write it. Um, Interesting. But never bought that record. I've seen it. I've held it in my hands. I blew it. I didn't buy it when I had the chance. It was like $125 for a single record. I'll never do that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lord. Um, but now it's going to get reissued in August for like 50 bucks. Oh. Oh my God. And it's going to be remastered because Tatsuro, he ain't on streaming. He refuses to do streaming. He's like, that's not how music should be presented. Like it's, he, he loves analog and he loves just, he wants his music to sound the best it possibly can. Um, that's why he still tours every year. Cause it's like, this is how you should hear my music by coming to my shows. Um, so it's going to sound amazing. Kate, I still have to go to Japan if I buy this record, right? Yeah, of course you do. Okay. <laughs> if 30% Stop. of the reason I was going to Japan was to buy Spacey. Also, will I buy an OG Spacey while, while I'm in Japan? Well, yeah, if you find a good price for it. Yeah, I probably will. Um, so that's fun. We're excited about that. What else? New TV. I, I based my decision on the executive producer's TV, which is a Samsung. I greatly enjoyed her TV, and eventually when I finally just you know, got my head together and pulled myself out of the mire of, you know, tech reviews, mm-hmm. um, I was like, her TV is good. This TV is the 43-inch model of this year's her TV. Yeah. Her TV is from last year. This TV is from this year. Just buy that one. So... On there as well, it's a Samsung, and there's a thing called Samsung TV Plus, which is just a bunch of weird channels. It's like, you know, there's like Roku TV. It's just like, I don't know why they're paying for it, but it's just like a bunch of channels that just essentially broadcast 
all the time. There's one that's like stuff about pets, and there's a weird travel channel. There's one that just shows old Impact Wrestling from the early 2000s. That's amazing. Which, like 24 hours a day, which surprisingly is not the one I have wild away the most hours for. No, the one I have wild away the most hours for. Caitlin, I spent three hours doing this yesterday and didn't even realize it. It's a channel that just shows nothing but 90s Iron Chef. Okay. I can understand that though. Nothing but 90s Iron Chef. Which is the best Iron Chef. Is I will best. fight you. It is the best. Don't, don't come for us on which Iron Chef is the best. 90s OG Iron Chef. Fuji TV Iron Chef is the yeah. one. Um, yeah, I don't know why this exists, but it just, (laughs) it is my ambient noise. I have not had ambient noise television in years. So just for this to like, just play (laughs) in the background, minding my own business, it's like, (laughs) Um, it's fantastic. The problem with 90s Iron Chef, which is a lot of cooking shows for me, is that I get hungry. So I gotta have a snack. Oh yeah. So be be prepared. I came home yesterday, had some some instant ramen and just watched Iron Chef and I was like, "Mm, mmm, the stuff they're making is so much better than this instant ramen, but I feel a part of this. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot lot of my time this week has been like, what did I always like? But now I will watch on the new TV. So let's rewatch the perfume shows on Amazon. (laughs) And just watch them in the crisp 4K that I have available to me now. Um, also, shout out a food update, Caitlin. Oh, Toronto pizza is much maligned, especially for me coming from uh, Windsor Essex County, which is heralded okay. for its pizza. Okay. And there was one shop in Toronto that does quote Windsor style pizza, which is like uh, canned mm-hmm. mushrooms, shredded pepperoni, cornmeal on the bottom of the crust. Like it's, it's very what? specific to the region. Yeah. And there's one spot, Ambassador Pizza, that does like a B-plus version of Windsor-style pizza. Um, I got it on my birthday this year. It was fantastic. I even had a Verner's with it. I was very alarmed to find out that I think I like Verner's now. Does this just happen? You turn 40 and you like Verner's? <laughs> um, but, but I don't want to talk about Ambassador Pizza. I want to talk about what is maybe the best pizza in Toronto. And this, again, this, this oh. entire episode is like, here are all the ways that the executive producer has improved my life. Because this is her, this is her favorite. So we had spent the week together, kind of out at hers, and then the last day before I had to come back to work, we came into the city, and she kind of she does work from home, so she was kind of doing that while I still recovered from uh, the trip home and unpacked and cleaned up and stuff. And dinner time rolls around, it's like I want Maker Pizza. And I was like, we can get Maker Pizza. Maker Pizza is Maddie Matheson's pizza joint. There's a few of them. I don't in- know who that is. Maddie Matheson. He's the he looks. <laughs> Love him. He's one of the most famous chefs in Canada. He's he's very mustache. Um, big. You probably saw him on Vice. I think Vice is where he had his first show. He looks like oh, Vice is where he I had his first guy. show. Yeah, I know that guy. Husky yeah. guy, mustache, younger. Did not know he tattoos. was from Toronto. Yeah, I don't know if he's from Toronto, oh. but th- that's where he made his bones. Um, but yeah, Maker Pizza is his pizza chain. There's about three or four of them in the city. Um, you will just fall in love with the Dr Pepperoni when you see the image of it, which is just like symmetrical like circles of pepperoni just like center to crust just bar to bar there's so much pepperoni on this thing but there was a deal on for two pizzas for you know however much you know a few pops cookies and 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 two pizzas um so i wanted dr pepperoni i said i said to someone cute i said what what would you like and she said frank's best i think it's called frank's best it's like white sauce caramelized onions feta cheese on a crust drizzled with honey and sesame seeds. Caitlin? Yeah. This pizza changed my fucking life. 
I am so hungry right now. <laughs> pizza changed my life. I don't have any more. I had leftovers through the week. I don't have any more. And I'm furious. <laughs> Give I'm... me a Frank's Beth. Listen, next time you next time you come in. I was just about to say, I'm not even coming in to see you. I'm just coming in for this pizza and to be sick later. I will make sure <laughs> the, the cheese, the cheese will just do you in, but. Yeah. And you can't, but there are some pizzas you can have with the cheese, but I'm guessing this is, this is not, I just took up a picture of it. This is not a pizza you can have <laughs> without cheese. Um, and they're like, I got their like, you know, they get sauces too, right? So I got the, uh, the spicy garlic. It wasn't like mixed together. It was like, it was layered. It was like you looked at the little tub and the garlic sauce was about two thirds through. And then there was just a layer of like chili sauce on top of it. It was so good. So I love the shit on Toronto pizza. A lot of people do, but maker pizza flowers where deserved. Um, Amazing. Things that we watched. Um, I watched who killed Santa, the Murderville special. (laughs) I totally get what you were saying. I loved it. But I understand why you would find it frustrating as hell because so frustrating because yes, it's like, what did you put it? If you're just fucking around being funny, <laughs> which they were the second Pete Davidson shows up, you're like, oh yes, we are fucking around and being funny. Um, I thought it was great. Um, fantastic use of male nudity. <laughs> I, I have not seen it. So this is news to me, but I'm just going to take your opinion about that. Watching Wolf <laughs> watching. Um, Will Arnett break It's probably the best because he's the one who's supposed to like know everything and right. kind of guide the people who don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching him break because I don't know if the guy was supposed to be naked or how naked he was supposed to be. Right. But it's Jason Bateman and Will Arnett trying to break each other with this naked dude. I'm like, this is top shelf, top shelf comedy. Um, and low shelf mystery solving. <laughs> The number of clues they missed, it is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And when it came time to pick the murderer, they didn't pick any of the suspects. <laughs> One, I think uh, somebody picked the mayor. Somebody picked Will Arnett. Somebody picked... <laughs> um, what else is out there? Watch more Wednesday. Slowly making my way through it. I'm not. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a binger for me necessarily, but it's it, it deserves to be a phenomenon, I would say. Yeah. Um, surprised to no one that got renewed for a second season. Um, the Iron Chef, uh, which for Mercury, my God, why is no one like every week? I'm like, why is nobody talking about this? The show enough. People are lame. Fucking love which for Mercury. Um, so I started my, uh, thousand page, two volume, uh, Japanese crime novel over the holidays. Okay. And on the train ride home, uh, from Windsor, I started and I was like, wow, this book is, a, has a lot to do about trade unions in br- Japanese breweries during the 1930s. And then by 200 pages later, I was like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever read. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is Dickensian in scope. There are so many characters. Ooh, There's just love it. bouncing all over. It hits you with a, like, with just a plot twist out of nowhere when you least expect it you're like motherfucker and then you just keep reading it's so good and teaching me so much about i think they're called the bunraku japan had a caste system y'all did you know that i didn't i didn't know that learning so much about that um there were there were unclean peoples in the japanese feudal system and because of the way the japanese family registry system works like 
If you're going to get married, they check your family registry. And if your family registry dates back to one of these towns where the unclean people, people who worked in like shit shoveling or body disposal or things like that, and one of the unclean professions, if you're from there, they're going to look at you sideways still, even in the nineties. So, wow. If you want to, it's not legal. (laughs) It was legal until not too long before the nineties. Um, but the, yeah, the social stigma was apparently still, uh, still quite a thing. So if you are curious about the, uh, unsavory sides of, uh, late bubble era, Japan, this is, this book is, this novel is kind of amazing. Um, my second volume of PTSD radio came in yesterday that I pre-ordered a few months ago. Excited to get into that. Mm-hmm. Did not feel like being unsettled in the middle of the night last night. So we're just going to leave it till it's sunny. <laughs> So, uh, April. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I want to mention, it is a movie I watched with someone cute. We're just looking for something to watch with dinner one night and we ended up watching the Banshees of inner Sharin, Caitlin. Yeah. My dad maybe like help him find it on, on his TV, like over the phone because he was so interested in watching it. How was it? Really good. Uh, a lot of Oscar talk about this movie. It's a Martin McDonough film, uh, reuniting him with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson who we previously worked with on in Bruges. Uh, it's basically about, it's set in the thirties, I think, uh, on an island in Western Ireland called it in And it's basically, uh, Brendan Gleeson does not want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore. He just decided I am getting older and I need to focus on the things I want to leave behind, which is my art and my fiddle playing. And I don't want to, I can't waste my time fucking around at the pub with you anymore, Colin Farrell. And Colin Farrell just cannot let this go. And for two hours, <laughs> it takes some turns. We'll leave it at that. But it, uh, and it's probably a parable for <laughs> other things that were happening in the world. But, uh, it's very, it's a bizarre movie. And it was, but not like, like obtuse. It was just, it was just very, that's the story. Like, Brandon Gleason doesn't like, want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore, and Colin Farrell can't let it go. It was go. like in Bruges, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know if I ever saw. So add that to the list. I feel like I must. Oh, have. I'm adding that to the list because that I really like that. I have to go back that. and check the archives. You may have given it to me in like year one, and I just forgot. <laughs> um, yeah, Banshees of Inertia. I can't remember. We may have rented it. Um, it's like five bucks on Amazon. No, it, it's it's on. No, it's on. Um, it's on Disney. Disney Plus. Oh, it's on Disney Plus. That's where we watch it. We watch it for zero dollars. Yeah. And I know that because I found it for my dad. <laughs> Your dad loved it. I can, I can guarantee. It's gorgeous. That was the thing we said the most probably when we were watching it. was like, calm down, Ireland. Like, <laughs> the the fields and the, and the hills and the ocean. It's like, then the sunsets. Yeah. It's like, calm, calm down. And it has a donkey named Jenny. So... So basically, it's a win. It's everything, just it's everything, for Jenny. It's everything Caitlin wants. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, man, we're like an hour plus already. But we, you know, we took some weeks off. That's what happens. I think that's what I got, y'all. Oh no, no, I do have to mention. Oh, sorry, sorry. Y'all love to hear what was the show I watched with my dad? Because there are yes. shows that I only watch with my dad every year. Every year, it was that one about where Michael Sheen played the serial killer when I was home in the in, in the summer. Um, which I can't remember what it was called. Prodigal Son? Is that what that was called? Yep, th- that's the one. Uh, this this year, this visit was the Rookie Feds, <laughs> the spinoff, the extended Rookie Universe, which is wild to think that this is probably what a lot of people 
Like there are more people who know Nathan Fillion from Castle and the Rookie than ever knew him from Firefly at this point. I which know, is, which, which is, is wild. bizarre. It's so weird. But I mean, also shouts to shouts to him for the late career renaissance. Um, yeah, just the epitome of a working actor. Like the dude just gets it done. He just shows up and puts out something serviceable that keeps enough of Middle America, I guess, entranced that. They give him spinoffs. Nisi Nash gets a spinoff out of it. So this was the rookie feds about rookie federal agents. Amazing. One of which was a former actor on a show called Vampire Cop, which was a fantastic running bit in the show. Amazing. Uh, and Nisi Nash is a former guidance counselor, and I don't, I don't, they're going after terrorists. I don't know who they were going after, but <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't matter. You're there for here for Nisi no. Nash. She's a national treasure. God damn it. Um. Yeah. So, so that that. And the thing ancillary to what we're going to talk about after the break is the other thing I watched with my dad, peak dad viewing. That was a great experience. I'm going to cherish that one, honestly. <laughs> but we'll get into that when we talk about the, what I think is supposed to be about one, but we'll probably talk about the entire Knives Out oeuvre. Yeah, we will. When we come back from this break. And welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other or stumbled yeah. into yeah. randomly as we were talking. Um, <laughs> but before we get into it, we have some rules. Mm-hmm. First rule is the rule of three. If the thing comes in parts like episodes, then we will watch, read, listen to three of them. So the thing gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. Like a lot of the time, this thing is a movie, so it does not have parts. So that rule just gets thrown out the window. Goodbye. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. We will not talk about this thing until we are sitting in front of these microphones because we want you, our lovely listeners, to get the hottest of takes. They may not be the freshest of takes, but they sure will be hot. <laughs> um, War- warm at best. Warm at best. At worst. At worst, rather. Sorry. Sorry. Warm at the minimum. The minimum, they'll be warm. Median warm. Um, and we have not done that. We, we Like I said, we, we sort of stumbled into the fact that Jordan hadn't seen this, but we have not talked about what he thought about it. He doesn't even know what I've thought about it um, mm-hmm. because we want you guys to be part of the conversation. The third rule, which isn't really a rule, it is more of just a policy for our, our podcast in general, is that there will be spoilers. In this case... If you are like, oh, I really don't like spoilers, especially for mystery movies, where it is about solving a murder mystery, then you need to, in the nicest, really heartfelt way, you need to get the fuck out. Um, (laughs) New New Year, same pod. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Uh, uh, Because we will be spoiling not just Knives Out, but also... Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, which is the second movie. And even though we are really here to talk about Knives Out, we will definitely be talking about Glass Onion. Yeah. So just be aware. If you're like, hey, I'd really like to be part of this conversation, go watch these. Um, Knives Out, Glass Onion, it's on – or Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery, it's on Netflix. Um, Knives Out is actually not anywhere right now. It may come back, um, but you can always rent it or maybe you've already seen it. Anyways, um, so go watch those. Come back if you like. Um, 
it'll be a good time. But yeah, those those are our rules. So yes, I will get into what is just really me reading the Wikipedia article, so that you know what we're talking about. Knives Out is a 2019 American mystery film written, directed, and co-produced by Ryan Johnson. And you're like, I know that name. And if you're like senior correspondent Chris, you're like, wait, the Star Wars guy? Yes, the Star Wars guy. It follows a master detective, Benoit Blanc, investigating the death of the patriarch of a wealthy, dysfunctional family. The film stars an ensemble cast that includes Daniel Craig as Blanc, alongside Chris Evans, Anna de Armas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Catherine Langford, J. Dean Martell, and Christopher Plummer. Um, the plot? I don't know. I'm not going to do the, the wait. They've, they've written out the whole plot. Basically, the plot is the... Head of the family, Christopher Plummer, has a very tense relationship with a lot of people um, and his family, his his nephews and nieces and sons and daughters, and he ends up dying, being murdered, and Benoit Blanc is brought in to solve the, the murder. Um, you get sort of like bits and pieces of the story, and I mean... I don't know how easy it is to spot the killer. I mean, I watch a lot of these things and I <laughs> do it pretty quickly. Um, so I knew who it was very early on and maybe a lot of people did, but it's sort of not even really the point. The point is sort of the ensemble cast and how Benoit Blanc figures it out and the whole, sort of piecing together the whole story. Um, and it's a mixture of funny and entertaining and a little bit of action sort of um and sort of an all-around good time really um jordan what did you think of knives out and i know you saw um glass onion first but we're just going to talk about knives out for now yeah it's a weird it's weird to come at it from that angle because um glass onion was one of the sort of like the the holiday marquee netflix offering i think it dropped on the 23rd which was, you know, Insider Talk was part of a deal. Netflix cut with Ryan Johnson for at least Glass Onion and uh, like two or three more mm-hmm. uh, Benoit Blanc mysteries. Um, so it was a great dad watch. Great movie to watch with dad. Um, and then when I watched Knives Out later, I was really... It's a weird experience to go in reverse because there's a real stark kind of tonal shift Yeah, in both of them. Um, Glass Onion is goofy. Yes. Is a goofy ass movie. Um, whereas Knives Out is not really goofy. Um, and it was almost jarring to see Benoit Blanc as like competent from the jump where he's kind of, he's not incompetent in the second one, but he's a lot more, whether he's playing it up or not, kind of befuddled yes and he does have the most ridiculous louisiana accent you've my ever my father heard. my father loved that accent so much he oh, was like where did great, he where did he get this from like it's bizarre and lovely and weird and fun um i just want to say overall is like the experience of having watching having watched both of them it was just so nice to witness the birth of a new franchise right like and and actually so 
just so you are aware, I actually, I think I talked about it at the time. Um, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I didn't love Knives Out. Really? Yeah. Um, I thought it was fun and there were some parts I really did like, but I didn't love it. And part of it was that I could figure out who did it really early on. And I did the same with Glass Onion, but I liked Glass Onion way more because it was more fun, I think. Um, Listen, the discourse around Glass Onion was fantastic because whether you are mad about the COVID, the presence of COVID in it, whether you are mad about the fact that Janelle Monet plays a twin sister and you're like, this movie betrayed my trust for the first half of it. You do not know how mystery movies work, dipshit. (laughs) By dipshit, I mean Ben Shapiro. Um, Like, watching that discourse was fantastic. Um, Knives Out, like I said, was, I don't, let's establish this first. You want to solve it. I don't care. So whether or not I was like, yeah, it's probably Chris Evans. I care more about the how, right? Yeah, and yeah. I like the I like the I like the books better that are less who done it than how done it. Um so to me it doesn't matter who was responsible. I want to know of the teasing out of the motivations and the mechanics of why it happened and things like that. Um obviously you know I think it played enough of like the storyline of uh, the nurse. So the the centerpiece of it between the two now, it seems that part of the formula here is that Benoit Blanc will always have a sidekick yes. and the sidekick will change. So it's Janelle Monet and Glass Onion. And in the first one, it's, I don't know the actress, forgive me, but it is Christopher Plummer's uh, nurse. It's Anna de Armas. Um, who plays uh, her nurse, then Marta. Hmm. Um, and... She is, you know, clearly she's the untouchable. She's the one that uh, no one believes is actually responsible. Um, but, you know. They will throw her under the bus. They will throw her under the bus. And, you know, you were led to believe that, you know, as <laughs> the somewhat heavy handed uh, deta- personality detail about her is that she cannot lie. Lying makes her so anxious she will vomit which is which is, is which is you you're seeing the threads of silliness yeah in the first one like there like are she, silly she's things. literally a human lie detector like yes. it's it's that's bizarre um but at least in the first third of the movie you are led to believe that what a twist through no fault of her own she may have been responsible for plumber's death yeah because she inadvertently mixed up the bottles of his medication and gave him a morphine overdose um, and to <laughs> let him, let her off the hook rather, um, because Christopher Plummer has already decided I ruined my family by making it too easy for them. So all the money's going to Marta and, but I don't want anyone to think that she was responsible for murdering me. So I'm going to slit my own throat. Let, so that'll get thrown off the case when I'm like, there's going to be a toxicology report the entire, <laughs> the entire like next hour of the movie. I'm like, where's the toxicology report? And finally it does play a part. Um, I think, yeah, it's impossible for me to talk about the one without the other, which I know probably does it a disservice. Um, because when did he did this after last Jedi? Um, that's a great, I feel like it was, I feel like it was, he did last Jedi. He made everybody mad. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he wrote the screenplay after the last Jedi. He he flipped the double birds to the Star Wars fandom and then went off to make this thing. 
he wanted to make, which I mean, boss move. I respect it. Um, and like I said, it's, it's to watch the creation of, I'm, I mean, I know for the mystery fans, I know this is kind of mid for like the mystery fans, right? But just have something that you can now plop into to have a character. And Daniel Craig seems to love playing this character. So, I mean, to be able to then take him and plop him into any story and tell whatever kind of story you want, that's like not an easy thing to do. So it's, it's, well, I mean that, but that is detective When's the last time stories. it was done in no, film I, in the last I understand fi- that 50 years? It hasn't been done in a long time, but that is, that is, you know, Poirot, right? Like there are these stories that he gets sort of like dropped into to solve crimes. Oh yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's, it hasn't been done before. I'm saying to get it done successfully yes. in a post MCU uh, film environment is not a small feat. And I think, and I, and I mean, I did mention before that a lot of the charm of this is not the, I actually, and I'll get to this in a second, but a lot of the charm of this is not just being like, I have no idea who it is, but, or, or, you know, trying to pay attention to the clues to figure it out. Um, but wondering how it was done, you know, who did what, you know, why, like all of that is part of the charm of it. And these crazy wacky characters are also part of the charm of that. Um, I think maybe I did like Glass Onion because there were a couple moments where I wasn't sure. Um, Mm. But at the end of the day, like I loved the sort of silly wackiness of it. Um, And who doesn't love it when a director doesn't hate on rich people, right? (laughs) Which on on both sides, I mean, if there's a, if there's a, if there's a through line between both films, it's eat the rich. Which I mean, who among us? Right, that's what I'm saying. Applaud, that's it. applaud that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but not not watching them. If you if you have never seen either, watch them in order. Even though there's no real tie between them, because um, I do think that tonal shift between the two. The two will be less jarring going from Knives Out to Glass Onion than the reverse. Oh, um, and also, the, we have to shout out... We have to shout out the fact that at the beginning of the film of Glass Onion, <laughs> mm-hmm. who is he in the conference call with? Listen, I googled afterwards because I was like, is that... Is it? Is it? It is. And part, like, the appeal of Glass Onion as well, I think, and of Knives Out is like... For as much as Star Wars nerds hate him, Ryan Johnson is apparently uh, relatively beloved because his Rolodex runs deep. And it's the cast that ultimately makes it. Knives Out alone, you've got Jamie Lee Curtis, Christopher Plummer, Anna de Armas, Daniel Craig, Michael Sheen, like, Lakeith Stanfield. Like, it's... That's deep enough. And then it's like, Hollywood saw Knives Out and was like, I want to be a part of that. So he just started calling up people at random. So when you establish that the pandemic has occurred in the Knives Out universe and Benoit Blanc doesn't really have a lot to do because there are no cases, so he just plays Among Us poorly online with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Stephen Sondheim, <laughs> Natasha Lyonne, and Angela fucking Lansbury in what I believe is probably her last filmed appearance. Yeah. Boss move. <laughs> Boss uh, move, Ryan Johnson. Boss and the move. appearance of Murder, She Wrote in Knives Out. I mean, clearly... He's a fan. So yeah, that was just fantastic. And I mean, like there's a Hugh Grant appearance and like the, the, the joyful casting and Ethan, Hawk. Onion, Ethan Hawk, who shows up literally for five minutes. Yeah, I know. 
he gets out of a car. He solves COVID with, you know, our Edward Norton, Elon Musk, uh, you know, biotech, just a shot in the throat. You're all good. Take your mask off. You're good. Daniel Craig's like, what was in that? No, you're good. You're good. Okay, bye. Uh, Glass Onion is, I. it's hard to distinguish them for me. Like, if I had just seen Knives Out, I probably would have been like, that was pretty good. But I just thought Glass Onion was more pointed, and it's clearly got a target. Yeah. <laughs> it clearly has a target. Um, I thought Janelle Monet was great, honestly, if yeah. she was the sidekick in the in the second, in the in the subsequent one. If she was the sidekick going forward, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, it gave us the great line, um, don't respect, don't, don't conflict. Don't confuse speaking without thought to speaking the truth, which went viral on Twitter immediately. Yep. Because that's Twitter. Um, but as a whole, like, I just, I just respect the enterprise of both movies so much. And I'm not going, I'm not a big mystery person. If you are a big mystery person, yes, I probably sound like, you know, the Rolling Stones are actually a pretty good band. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the, it's, it's the mystery lovers version of that. Um, I understand that I am the basicest bitch when it comes to to uh, mystery plots, but but if we this if this means we get more mystery films, especially Knives Out mystery films, like that's that's great. I mean, and it pr- it proves that you don't have to slap a cape on everyone to you don't have to blow up a city to make an entertaining movie. No, like, sometimes it, you just need to put a cravat on someone. <laughs> His outfits, his outfits were fantastic in Glass Onion. Amazing! I actually watched a whole thing about all of the costuming of the <gasps> characters. It was really good. Costume, yeah, costumes top to bottom. Yeah. And I mean, listen, former WWE champion, give it props, Dave Batista. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. The makeup for Drax has been dragging you down lately. I read that article, but like, nice to see you out there. Uh, you know, <laughs> my dad probably thought Dave Batista was the funniest thing in the movie. <laughs> It was pretty funny. <laughs> he was just sitting there flexing, being like, yeah, take it in. <laughs> flexing his pecs. My dad thought that was hysterical. Um, I would probably, if I was going to offer kick punches, again, this is totally skewed from, they're very tight, but it's like knives out at seven and a half and glass onion at an eight for me. Like, and that's totally just based on what order I watched them in first. Like, I think knives out, I, I don't know. I, I feel... I feel like I'd give it like a six and a half. Ooh, I mean, I li- she harsh. I, she harsh I with like, it. I liked it, but I was, I remember at the time I was like, eh, it was good. I mean, someone catch me in a lie. Like that's fine because I actually don't <laughs> remember. I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast, but I'm not sure what you I said. So very possibly did. Um, but, uh, but glass onion was so much fun that it's an eight. Like Chris and I watched it and we just kept on going. That was a lot of fun. And that's not happened recently. It was a super fun hang. And if you're going to parse over like, I hate that it had COVID in it. And it's like, oh, it's woke Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, just fucking enjoy your life. We have so little time here. Just enjoy it by watching a fun, dumb movie with your dad. Yeah. Also, are we to infer that Benoit Blanc is in a gay relationship with Hugh Grant? Is that what? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because uh, that was not, you know, that was not really, his inner life was not really apparent in Knives Out. He just 
shows up because someone read a New Yorker profile on him. Yeah. I also, I also love, I love that thing where like, <laughs> here, here's a, here's a thread you're going to like, uh, the nineties giant robo anime did the same thing um, where it like mentions stuff that clearly happened that you're never going to see. Ooh, I do like that. You know, where it's like Benoit Blanc, you know, in both movies are like Benoit Blanc. I know that name. You solve the whatever. And it mentioned some case and knives out and glass onion both mentioned a different one. And, and that, you know, that happens both with Poirot a lot and right. with in murder. She wrote, where they mentioned something that they're known that, for that yeah, well, I mean, giant robot giant robo did the same thing where it mentioned some battle and like in a flashback you don't even see it it's just accepted that it's a thing that happened and i like that i find like that's a really i know some people don't like being dropped into a, a universe but i love it i think it's better storytelling frankly mm, i would agree yeah, um agree but i know some people don't enjoy that and that's fine um but and I like when they, you know, mentioned that it was like, I think in, in Glass Onion, it was like the case of the something dancer, some dancer yeah, who yeah. had been murdered or something. And I like that. It gives, you know, this is why he's well known is because he has these profiles and newspapers and it doesn't matter how he solved that case. And maybe one day we'll see that case. Who knows? We're but not really, talking about that case. We're talking about this case. And you know, it's only a matter of time till like novels start coming out and shit like that. Like, yeah. He's, he Brian Johnson put something out into the world that has legs and it's not like, like you said, it's not, it's just Poirot, but you know, I'll take that over another superhero. And I mean like Ryan Johnson, I mean, we're not going to get into star Wars and what people Absolutely liked not. and what people didn't, <laughs> but he also did brick. You remember the 2005 film? Apparently. Yeah. It was a, like a, it was a neo-noir mystery film. It got mm. rave reviews. He also did Looper. Yeah. And some people liked it. Some people didn't. That's fine. But they were different at the time. Right? You didn't see a lot of that. And again, we're not going to get into Star Wars, and whether it was good or bad, but at least that episode of this that the trilogy was different than people were expecting. Listen, he tried some things. He didn't just spoon feed you what you liked before. Yeah. He tried some things and it turned out y'all didn't want it. And he was like, all right. And, and apparently he will be making a series with, why can't we remember her name? Russian doll. Natasha Leon. Natasha Leon. He's going to be making some sort of series with Natasha Leon, which is great. Um, so like, I'm like, I'm kind of like, good for you, Ryan Johnson. Like you obviously, you seem like a really nice guy. He's done a bunch of those, like. Vogue like breaks down a scene thing mm-hmm. things and it's often quite quite funny. Um, he's very complimentary to the, the the his his cast and his crew and stuff. So he seems like a a nice guy. He puts out fun stuff, and that's really what we want out of our media. We want some fun. Also, did uh, many of the best episodes of Breaking Bad. There you go. Um. So yeah, those are Knives Out. Actually, is still only rent or buy. I'm surprised it wasn't on Netflix, given the deal he cut. But um, find Maybe out where you can. It'll probably end up there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And Glass Onion is sitting on your Netflix. You can check that out. Friends, this is a beefy, beefy episode for you. You're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. Our voices are starting to get raw. <laughs> giving you, giving you too much content. Friends, if you'd like to thank us for all this content we've given you, hop on over to twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where we will be for the subsequent week, and we'll be back here next week for, I don't know what, it's January, y'all. 
There's no theme. There's no nothing. We're just trying to muddle through it like y'all. Yeah. Just trying to muddle through it like everyone else. But we're back at it again. (laughs) Back at it again. We, whatever we get into, we hope you will join us for it. Friends, thank you for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you join us next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Captain Marvel slash Captain Marvel slash fuck you can do it Captain Marvel slash Shazam um, <laughs> is one of he's laughing at me because we've done this like fourteen times oh girl I'm leaving all that in the people know oh my god god damn it <laughs> you get to sound all smart when you like redo things you leave on all my mistakes. <laughs> Anyway, I guess you got that as an editor. I can't really complain. Um, 